a show of hands, put your hands up if you have heard, and keep them up, if you have heard of any of the following psychedelic drugs, LSD, MDMA, ecstasy, shrooms, psibacillin, anything like that. Oh, someone put two hands up. Okay, now, keep your hands up if you've ever done them. I'm kidding. All right. There's a reason I bring up psychedelic drugs, though, because we celebrate today Trinity Sunday, and the stuff that is contained in this weekend, the things we talk about, are so high above the way we normally think that sometimes it can just really seem out there, like you almost have to have an altered mental state to understand them. Let me give you an example. A God that is one in essence, but three in persons, but still one God. Another example, wisdom that existed since the beginning, but was created, but there wasn't a time that it did not exist, but it still is the first of all creation. Maybe a line from the Gospels easier. What does Jesus mean that there is much more to learn, but we can't bear it yet? Why can't we bear it? When will we be able to bear it? I thought the Holy Spirit came last weekend and he was supposed to start teaching us stuff by now. Let's go to the second reading instead. Maybe Paul's always a little easier to understand. How about uh, being happy in affliction? Who in their right mind would rejoice and be thankful for the trials of life and the crosses that one need carry? If these don't sound like trippy statements to you, you may in fact want to go and get your head checked. Because, there is, because this is what we celebrate this weekend. We celebrate the absolute contradiction it seems to be a Christian. But hear what I said. Don't get lost in the words. I said we celebrate the contradiction it seems to be as a Christian. Let's go back to my first seemingly contradictory statement. A God who is one in essence, but three in persons, but still one God. To attempt to understand this, let's look at it from a different angle. One of the most common phrases to describe God is love. God is love. In the first year of seminary, during our philosophy classes, we learned that in order to make sure that everyone is talking about the same thing in any discussion, we first have to define the terms. So let's do that now, shall we? Let's define love. A complete self-gift of one to the other. By that definition alone, if God is in fact love, there has to be more than one something in God. For love cannot just be given to oneself if it be true. So there has to be at least two somethings that comprise God if he is indeed love. What else does love require? It requires knowledge of the other. You cannot love that which you do not know. People claim love at first sight, that they love the person, but it's a shallow love that cannot grow if the knowledge of the other person does not also grow. So, for God to be love, there has to be more than one something in God, and these somethings have to share the most intimate knowledge possible. Lastly, we know that human love, which we believe is a reflection of the love of the Trinity, produces something out of that love. It often produces children, but at the very least will create a brand new family 
that did not exist prior to that marriage. So, if our love is modeled after the love of God in the Trinity, what is the production of the love of the Father and the Son? It is the Holy Spirit. The absolute love the Father has for the Son and the love that the Son has for the Father creates the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit we read about in the first reading that calls itself wisdom, that says it was at the beginning of everything. What else does this love of God in the Trinity that we experience produce? In us and for us, it produces the ability to do great feats of strength for love, so that we can even boast in our affliction. Why? Because Paul tells us the gift of the love of God in us allows us to endure afflictions, which that endurance produces proven character, which in turn gives us hope, and that hope is the direct love of God being poured into our hearts. Hope allows us to endure further hardship, and the cycle starts over again. Who hasn't heard of a love song or a poem or a sonnet that proclaims what one would be willing to endure for the sake of the beloved? When I wrote this part of the homily, I couldn't help but think of the Bruno Mars song entitled, I'd Catch a Grenade for You. Indulge me for a moment as we peruse the lyrics of one of the greatest love songs of the year 2010. In the chorus, he says, quote, you know, I'd catch a grenade for you. Okay. I mean, I guess you could try and throw it back. He continues, I'd throw my head on a blade for you. I don't think you really know how heads work, Mr. Bruno Mars. He continues, lastly, I'd jump in front of a train for you. Well, unless you are in fact Superman, I believe the train is going to win every single time, so maybe just move the person off the tracks instead. While Bruno is trying to explain the extent and the depth of his love for whomever the song is directed to, ultimately he sounds like he could benefit from some mandatory mental health counseling. But now we look at the seemingly contradictory love that God has for us. His actions almost seem in line with the lyrics from the Bruno Mars song. The Trinity that owes us nothing could not stand the thought of heaven without us. So God chose to take on human flesh and become the God-man, by which itself is another seeming contradiction. He not only took on flesh, but God allowed himself to die for us. How can God die? And if that wasn't enough, he allows us to enter into that same sacrifice every time we attend Mass, to travel through time, to be present at the one sacrifice on the cross, to participate in our own redemption. And then he allows us to consume his flesh and drink his blood. Not in symbol either, but in actuality. It can boggle one's mind to try and comprehend any one of these statements, much less all of them together. Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen is quoted in saying that, quote, the greatest love story of all time is contained in a tiny white host. So on this Trinity Sunday, we do not have to understand or comprehend the Trinity, because after all, that is an impossibility. But rather, 
Let us be thankful for the waters of baptism which bring us into the community of believers and make us the sons and daughters of God. Let us be thankful for the Eucharist which gives us strength to continue on the journey towards heaven. Let us be thankful for our confirmation which makes us soldiers for Christ and gives us the grace to evangelize to others the love of God in Christ Jesus. We don't have to understand the Trinity. We just need to believe that he loves us and gives us his sacraments so that we can experience that love. <laughs>